0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. So if you thought last week's gospel reading was long. <laughs> next week's also long, just not quite as long. Um, the story of the man born blind is is. You, we, we can sit here and talk about it for, for a long, long time because it hits so much of of not just religion and the oppression that religion can have, but also the ways that, that when we allow the light of Christ to shine brightly upon us, it, it sort of does away with with the darkness that's in the world, at least for, for a lot of times. Um, but we see in this passage indeed what happens when, when we begin to to build upon um, something that's glorious and and instead uh, use it as as a tool of of power and fear and oppression um, in this time. We begin with with Jesus' disciples looking at the the blind man begging, who's born blind from birth, and says, who sinned, right, this man or his parents? It's a reasonable question that he be born blind in that day, anyway, a reasonable question. And Jesus says, "Uh, nobody sinned, um, but he's born this way that God might be glorified in him and then took uh, saliva and some dirt and made some clay mud and Put it on his eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means "sent." And what he did, he came back and he could, he could see. Um, by that time, Jesus was was gone, and, and people were arguing about whether it was the guy or whether it was a guy that looked like him. And he kept saying, "It's it's me. I'm the one who 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 was blind, and now I can see." And um, I don't know who did it. The man called Jesus. Uh, put mud on my eyes, and, and uh, told me to go wash, and now I can see. And so then they brought him to the Pharisees, and now we find out that there's a, there's a dilemma. The dilemma is this was the Sabbath day, and, and Jesus basically did some work by creating clay, by spitting into dirt and molding it with his hands. That's work. Not hard work, mind you, but work nonetheless. At least, as we as we we've, we've come to learn, and this is right. This is the the first of you know. Jesus is always coming up against this this uh, this reality as he's as he's fighting with Pharisees. Um, it's it's almost the same sort of a compare contrast of the. Of the passage in John 5 where he tells the man to pick up his mat and go home, except in John 5, the man who picked up his mat went and tattled on Jesus instead of worshiping him. Um, this man, instead, sort of stands up to the Pharisees. But it's it's interesting how how the Sabbath, which God gave to Israel as as a gift, right as a as a it's one of the commandments, but the reason the reason that God gave the gift of Sabbath is Israel was in slavery, right, for hundreds of years. And when they were rescued, then God gave them, um, amongst many other things, the Sabbath day that said, you will have a day of rest. I will provide for you. Six days you will be. And on the seventh day, you will rest. And this is a way in which God demonstrates who God is as a a provider, as one, as a rescuer. Um, You know, for hundreds of years, they've had no days off. And now all of a sudden, they had a day off. And and we do what we do when we all of a sudden have this, this rule. We make more rules. Because rules are comfortable, because then we have to say, we well, you do no work, well, what's work? And so they sit down and they define what work is, and you can walk only so far, and you can, you know, you can bake only so much, or you can do only so much, you can do this, do that. There's all sorts of rules um, that come into play, and one of them was this one. Somehow overshadowed this miraculous, amazing thing of um, the light of the world coming in and shining brightly. So then we have the man telling the story and then they say, we need to find his parents, they get his parents, and his parents are like, we're not saying anything, really. Yes, that's our son. Yes, he was blind. Yes, now he sees. We don't know anything else. Because of the fear, right, of being kicked out of the synagogue, which did happen um, just down the way, and so the religious leaders have s- such power and oppression for for this. So afraid um, are they that you know you're not even able to to really stand up for your son, who now can see. I mean, stand up a little bit, but not really, but basically, he's of age, ask him. So they bring him in a second time and call him um, the man who had been blind, and they say, give glory to God. We know that this man's a sinner. That is Jesus. And here we have one of the, the great, um, just conversations in, in all of scripture where where someone stands up to to the powers that be, and he's just like I don't know if he's a sinner or not a sinner. I'm not as smart as you people, but what I do know, I was blind and now I can see. And they said, "Well, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?" I've already told you all this already once before. You want to hear the story again? Why do you want to be his follower too? Which thing? <laughs> no. <know. laughs> We don't want to be his follower. We follow Moses, who we know God spoke to. We don't know anything about this guy. Which is funny, from last week's reading, if you'll remember, when the people were ready to stone Moses because they didn't have any water. So it's amazing what a few hundred years, um, looking back on going, like, Moses was great, but meanwhile their ancestors at the time thought Moses was a bum. So... There you go. Uh, we know Moses spoke to God. As for this man, we don't know really anything about him. And uh, he says, well, that's an amazing thing. Here we have, again, um, I, have to, I have to confess, Like I, I want all of us to go back through John's gospel and see how many sort of amazing, we have basically three amazing things in a row, right? We have Nicodemus being marveled at the the charge of being born again. We have the woman at the well um, being amazed that, that a Jewish man would come and talk to her, a Samaritan, and ask her for a favor for a drink. She was shocked and amazed. And now here we have amazement again. This is an amazing thing. You don't know where he comes from. Yet he opened my eyes. We know that God only listens to holy people who do the will of God. We know, that's what it says in your little laws, we know that God only answers the prayers of of good people who are in in, um, the will of God, who's a worshiper of God, and doesn't listen to sinners. And never since the world began has it been written and recorded that a man born blind has had his sight, uh, has regained his sight. So if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they say, you are born in utter sin, and you teach us, and they cast about. And so here we have, again, the, sort of the Pharisees giving the answer that the disciples were looking for to begin with, right, from the beginning of this. Whereas Jesus says, nobody's sinned. Pharisees say, you obviously sinned because that's why you were born blind and you have any right to teach us. And, it, and, and it's funny, right? It's funny, not necessarily ha-ha funny, but funny because this is, a, this is still what we have today. Right? Bad things happen to bad people. Right? But bad things don't just happen to good people because that's too hard for our brains to wrap around. Somebody obviously did something. Somebody obviously messed up somewhere along the way. That's why this man is born blind, because that's what we call fair, right? Fair. That's fair. That's not fair. If you've been a parent or a teacher or alive, you've heard, that's not fair. Or that's fair. We, we have this great sense of fairness somehow of what should be and shouldn't be. And it carries on to this deep level, right? This, this darkness that begins to overshadow um, God's grace and light and love. This, this darkness that the law, which was meant as a gift to Israel, Becomes corrupt and oppressive and full of fear and concern and and people are, as Jesus says, under the weight of this law, you keep, when he talks to the religious leader, you keep putting these burdens on your people, burdens they can't live up to, and frankly, burdens that you don't try to do yourself. And they throw him out. They throw this man out. And Jesus comes and finds him and, and um, says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he says, Who is it?" I am. I'm right. And he falls down and he worships him. Which is sort of going all the way back, if you remember, the very beginning of this passage where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The I am in John's Gospel is always a little, a little hint going back to, to Moses that of I am who I am, that's sort of the, the God language when you say I am, you're talking about God. And when the man falls down and worships him, um, you know that he believes that this is God, right? He's come. Because only God is to be worshipped. Uh, Worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And so this light um, that has come into the world. Um, as Jesus says, um, I've come to, that the world might see. but those who are blind can see. And then talks about those who can see being blind. And the Pharisees are over here, they're like, so we're blind? He's like, well, since you brought it up, um, yeah. But if you would, if you were blind, it wouldn't be so bad. But because you claim to see, that's your real problem. Which is sort of like a humility thing, right? If, you, if, you're, if you're humble enough to be open, sort of like Nicodemus, who came to Jesus, and then if you're humble enough to be open to, to the light that's, that's come into the world, then maybe you're okay. But if you're just going to be I know all the answers and not open to God's grace and miraculous love that just pierced this person who's standing right in front of you, and instead you just expel him from your community because you're so afraid of your rules and your traditions to be um, caring about a person. That this is your this is your level of of compassion and your level of of. Um, worth. So much is the Sabbath rule more valuable than this person who's been restored and set free and given life for the first time in his life. Then yes, you are blind. And this is such a great passage for, for us and for the church today because the church can be just like this, over and over again. We can be so wrapped up in traditions and rules and other things that we forget that our main goal and uh, mission for our very existence is to shine brightly the light of the world. To let the world know the light has come and the light... Has driven away all darkness. And that their worth has nothing to do with the job they have, how much money they have, or their physical health, their well being, or anything else. Jesus has come to pour out the love and grace and healing power of God. To bring sight to the blind. All who were blinded by whatever the world tells them they are. Or whatever the church tells them that they are. Or whatever the religious leaders judging them tell them that they are. Instead, God reveals who they are in Christ through the power of the Spirit. And it's that light and that love that um, we're called to embrace and we're called to live into. into it's, it's hard, right? Because we like, we like rules, right? I mean, rules help us. It's, you know, it's, they're not bad things. We don't want chaos, but we don't want rules to be the main thing. The main thing is the light who's has come into the world to shine brightly upon us. May we live fully into that light. Amen. these